You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Hello, everyone. This is Dirk Novell. Welcome to my podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. I have on with me Stephanie Wall. And I, I was excited to have Stephanie on because she does something different. Um, and I don't really know anybody in her career route or her business. And I, and I was talking to my wife about it. And I think it's a very interesting niche. And there's probably a lot of things that you don't know about, like behind the scenes that go into making a job like this successful. So I'm going to let her elaborate and articulate that. But real quick, I know Stephanie, our kids are friends. They played football together for years. I know Stephanie's husband, Brian, and just a really, really cool family that we've uh, enjoyed getting to know and just a lot of good energy. And um, I was excited to have her on. So I appreciate you coming aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, So let's do this. Let's I know that there's two jobs that you have and we'll get into both, but let's start with the flower business and, you know, talk to us, like if, if you met somebody on the street and they ask you what you did, how would you answer that question? Uh, that I am a home-based florist. And um, like you said, I have two jobs right now, but I always will tell people that I'm a florist. Yeah. So now. where did that, I mean, okay. So I, I'm going to get into the weeds on some of the things that people I mean, when they think of flowers, they think of beauty and creativity and all that. But I know there's a lot that goes into making the business successful. But just walk me through kind of what gra- why do you gravitate towards flowers? Was this just something that you've always loved? I have always loved flowers. I've always loved nature. Um, as a little girl, I would, you know, play in my grandma's garden and cut flowers and make little arrangements. And um, I'm also a very creative person. I have to have a creative outlet or I will lose my mind. And um, so it was kind of a, you know, I had two boys that were little and I was working for my mom, working from her home. And um, I had said to my husband, Brian, like, I, I need something. And um, like, I wonder if I could be a florist. It kind of was just that, huh, I wonder if that's something that I could do. And he actually signed me up to um, attend flower school for a Christmas present. And so I started doing classes. Um, They were all online because the school is based out of Portland and we lived in Las Vegas at the time. And um, I, you know, went down to the flower shop that was closest to us and basically asked like, hey, can I, can I buy like your almost dead flowers to use for my classes? Um, and then she called me the day before Valentine's day and asked if I wanted to come help. And I was like, yeah, of course, little did I know, you know, it would be a 48 hour process of us sleeping on the floor. And it, it was, it was a pretty crazy, you know, jump into the, into this whole florist world. Um, but I, I love being able to be creative. Um, and taking people's ideas and turning them into reality. Yeah. So we'll get into like the creative, what I find really interesting in careers like yours is there's a creative side to it, but there also has to be a business side and skill sets. And sometimes the skill sets 
someone might be super creative and not so good on the business stuff. We'll get into that. But how long have you had, uh, how long have you been doing this for? Um, 12 years. Okay. So the classes, I'm just curious, I've never heard of flower classes. So was this uh, curriculum based off of how to organize, how to cut, how to keep them fresh? Yep, everything. It's Floral Design Institute Okay. Um, that is based out of Portland. And um, so because I you know, lived out of state, they sent me DVDs, they sent me supplies. They um, So each um, DVD would be a assignment basically. And so they're teaching you the rules of design, um, which I would say a lot of people have kind of gotten a, away from like the stereotypical, you know, rules of design. Um, but it's good to have that as a base of understanding lines and understanding, you know, how to work in certain containers and stuff like that. So like even colors and layers, like how you structure. Yep. Okay. Yep. So 12 years ago, you said 13 years ago. Yeah. Xavier, my, my little guy was one. It was okay. his first Christmas. And X-Man's not so little anymore. He's, no, no, he's not. <laughs> he's one of the coolest kids I know. He's buddies with my son and he's just that kid that everyone loves. He'll probably be class president at Mount Sai here when he's older, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good one. He is a good one. Okay. So I'm curious, like, some of these conversations just happen organically, but I'm thinking about you getting into this prior to that. Were you in the dentist office working? Uh, no. So when I lived in Vegas, I, um, I worked for my mom. I okay. was her office manager. Um, and so that's like my other side of, of me is being an office manager. And I've done that for years and years and years. Um, so I was, working for her, raising two little boys and, um, did, did school, worked at the flower shop down there. Um, and then once we moved back up to Washington, it was kind of, um, Hey, will you make me an arrangement for my mom? Will you, I need a birthday arrangement. Um, and I didn't have a space at that point. So it was just, you know, buying flowers at the grocery store and doing it in the kitchen. And then I did a friend's wedding and then it kind of just snowballed from there. Um, I finally was able to five years ago, build out a shop and um, I have running water and fridges. And, <laughs> you know, I, when um, we first kind of got up here, I was in the basement and then moved um, into the empty garage and then built out the shop. So um, it kind of, evolved on its own as I was getting busier and, you know, had big weddings to do and all of that. So, okay. So totally jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm curious on is like, okay, so we have an audience that's trying to figure out what the heck they want to do. And they're, they're tuning in because they have interests in your profession and your, what you're doing in your career. Mm -hmm. But what I, do you remember the feeling like, this is what I want people to recognize. Like, so you talk about being a younger girl and playing flowers and you just the creativity and the beauty of flowers and the feeling of what, you know, it might give somebody when you give them flowers, just, it's just, it's hard. It's a, it's, you know, I'm probably hard to communicate that to people, some people who don't really care about it, but for some people who love it, it means a lot. Do you remember when you, when Brian set you up for this class, like now you're doing some stuff that is like, 
you're passionate about? Did it lift you? Did it change you as a mom? Did it change you as a friend? Like, was it like life changing or was it, hmm, did it take a while to really sink in? Um, I would say that it definitely made me feel more alive because mm -hmm. at that point in my life, I was, I was just a mom and home and taking care of littles. And it gave me something to be excited about. Yeah. And, um, it worked out, you know, things happen for a reason. And, um, the flower shop that I ended up going to, that was close to our home, uh, Corey Lou, which is, she's still one of my very best friends, um, own the flower shop. And it's kind of funny when I was thinking about walking into a flower shop and asking the owner, you know, can I come sit in the corner and just kind of like watch you? I had this vision of this older woman for whatever reason. And Corey Lou walked out of the back and she's beautiful. And this hippie woman, just like me. And like, we just connected. And that was like, that was the, the start of it all. And I felt like this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's a perfect situation. Yeah. I mean, when you say the word alive, I mean, that's, that's what I want people to feel like that's, you yeah. know, I mean, this podcast is just, it's a passion project for me, but I want people to feel alive. And I think you feel alive when you find yourself um, in a career that allows you to leverage your natural passions and interests and skills. So you got into this and then you kind of started going along and we talked a little bit about this before I hit record, but you know, when creativity meets business or, I mean, profitability and all that, the skill right. sets sometimes are different. So was there any struggles like you're super creative, right? On the flower side, but what, what is it like? What are the things behind the scenes that, you know, let's just say there's another uh, hippie type girl that's just like you 24 years old and she wants to do what you're doing. Like, what would you tell her that you've learned? Because having the creative side can only get you so far. What is it about the business that people don't know? And I, I would say that my office manager background has definitely helped um, because I'm very organized. I know how to manage my time really well. And that's, that's a huge part of it. Um, just like you said, you know, of course, creativity. Um, and vision are a big part, but you have to be able to be really organized in the back end when you're doing proposals, um, you're talking to brides, you're talking to big venues, you know, uh, math is, I think most people don't really think about how much math goes into being a florist, but when you're having to put together a proposal for a wedding and you're literally making a recipe for, okay, this bouquet is going to have this many flowers in it and a bunch has this many flowers in it. How, you know, like it's, it's a huge math equation and trying to figure out also somebody's budget and what you can do wholesale wise and what's that, what that's going to equate to for um, retail. So I'm guessing like maybe at times in the beginning, you might, I mean, different flowers cost different amounts, right? You know? Yeah. And so you might've lost money on a couple of deals because you didn't price it right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess that's good. That's good learning. I mean, I've yes. lost, I've lost deals too when I messed up on, and I've never done it. I mean, you learn not to do it again, hopefully. Um, right. What is it? Okay. So, but like, 
walk me through a day like you know some of the things that are popping in like i'm curious like is it good to spread your clientele out between big venues you know smaller you know or, or instead of like trying to hit home runs and have huge clients where like it just consumes you do you have a setup where it's you know do you have a good mix of clientele is that a good way to go or do you recommend is there are there niches like weddings uh birthdays i mean how do you how do you what do you think about like in terms of okay people want flowers do you try to just be somebody to everyone or do you try to uh define it and be a little unique uh well i definitely think that it depends on really what you're looking what you want to do with your business um i do a lot of daily deliveries i do uh you know holidays obviously and then also weddings um where we live we have a very short short window for wedding season. So, you know, it's really only three, maybe four months out of the year. So that would also depend, like if you live in a warmer area, your wedding season can be all year if you really wanted it to be. Um, amount of time that goes into weddings, you have to be able to manage. And also like if, if, cause it's just me on a normal daily basis. Right. So, um, and I'm working on weddings on my own, most of the time, I have people that you know definitely help um, friends and family if I uh, need it. But I would say find something that you like doing. People, some people don't like doing weddings, and they just want to do uh, big events at you know casinos or big hotels and make a really good profit, and only do that every once in a while, and then do you know daily deliveries to kind of supplement that income that needs to be coming in throughout the, the year. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking like geography, you know, being in Seattle with our climate and you're right. Only so many months people would have a wedding here versus mm -hmm. Arizona or California. And then I right. don't know if like certain flowers, you have to be selective based off geography, like certain flowers do better here than other climates. Um, and then when you talk about weddings, like, I guess, just to be honest off the cup, I'm like, that would be stressful because you're dealing with, I mean, I just remember the stress of coordinating a wedding and trying to be perfect. You yeah. know, it's like you have to bring that stress on. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, which I guess comes with the job, but you have to also be cognitive of your, your clientele and the mindset that they're in. So if it's an everyday thing, chill, like a restaurant, whatever, you might be dealing with more of a casual uh, situation versus, you know, red alert, red alert, you know, the, yeah. uh, for a wedding. I, I, and I don't know, do you have a favorite type of venue or do you just like to mix it up and do them all? I like to mix it up and do them all because it keeps it fresh and different. And every location is going to have, you know, different options of, you know, is it inside of a barn and what can I do to make this barn look awesome? Is it, you know, a um, a cabin out in the woods that people have rented is it you know and they they want to be next to the river so we have to kind of you know figure that out transportation also is a huge thing to um to bigger venues and doing bigger weddings um right now i don't have a delivery van and so we use 
everybody's cars. <laughs> and um, so hopefully, you know, that's something that I can obtain yeah. uh, in the future to make things a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I'm just remembering when I've bought from you, I think Brian delivered a couple of times. You have too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, so in any business, like, again, I'm going into the mind of somebody that's interested in what you do and like to scale your business. I mean, you, I think it would be important to kind of like, okay, are you getting into the business because you just are, you love the experience of flowers and the beauty, or are you trying to build, you know, a really big machine or a profitable, I would think that, you know, like inventory, like you have a shelf life, right? So you have to be able to get inventory and deliver, but that inventory only lives so long. So can you, can you talk to me a little bit? I mean, am I overdoing it on that or is that a, is that an issue? Oh, it's definitely an issue. It's, um, it's what I think about all the time. Um, and when, you know, when do I order? When is the, how soon can I start prepping for this wedding or event or a holiday even? Um, if you're doing, you know, vased arrangements, you're going to cut the flowers and they're going to be in water. So they'll be fine at that point. Um, but you always want to give people the freshest products that you can. And so really you only have a couple of days, um, to prepare and get ready. If I have a Saturday wedding, I pick up the flowers on a Thursday, most of the time. And so I'm working, you know, 14, 16, 18 hours a day, depending on the wedding to make sure that I can get everything done in those two days and that it's, you know, very fresh and everything's happy when I deliver the wedding. And so if you pick those flowers up on a Thursday, when are you actually ordering them? Usually about two and a half to three weeks ahead of time. That's kind of the main, um, time frame that I like to be in. And it also depends on if there's something really, um, really specific that a bride wants it. I might have to order it, a you know, a month in advance to get okay. that really specific flower. Um, you know, cause they're flown in like where we live, they're flown in mostly from, um, California, South America. And so, um, you, and sometimes you never really know what's going to come. I might order a flower a month ahead of time and it doesn't come or it comes in a different color or, you know, it's, it's not available at that point. So that's another aspect. People think, well, I want this flower for my wedding. Well, it might not be available. So it's my job to say, okay, this is something that is similar and will give you the same look. Um, or what you want is really, really expensive. I can do this and stay in your budget, but still give you the look and the feel that you want. So, or it comes in and it doesn't look very good. And it's dead. It, mm. That's, that's happened. <laughs> I, too bad there's not a market for dead flowers. Right. Right. That would be nice. Um, yeah, no, I'm just, I mean, honestly, I'm just listening. It feels stressful. It is pretty stressful to be honest. Yeah. Um, And I think that like what you had said before, people go, oh, well, you get to play with flowers all day. That's, that's not, that's not the reality of everything that goes on behind the scenes. And sure, I get to be around pretty flowers and plants and it smells good. And, 
you know, that whole aspect of it. But, and that's why I said, some people don't like doing weddings because it's really stressful, not only working with the bride and the groom, but a lot of times like the mother of the bride or the mother of the groom, and they all have their own wants and uh, opinions. And so it's, um, and you want to make it, you want to make it perfect for them. It's their special day. And so that it, it's a pretty, it is definitely a stressful job. Is there anything else about like, apart from the obvious, anything else that comes with the job that like, Oh my God, I didn't see this coming. Like maybe it's the uh, drama or the venting of stress on you from the mother-in-law or, I mean, is there a surprise? I mean, people, people Google, they interview people, they, they get an idea what they think the job's about. So Mm -hmm. I'm really after like those things that aren't so crystal clear, like, wow, I didn't know that was part of the gig. Is there anything else you can think of? Um, I would say the, um, the amount of standing that it takes to be a florist. You are on your feet all, all day and many, many hours. Um, you don't get to sit down and eat. You eat at your work table as you're making arrangements. Um, and of course, that's not like an everyday thing, but when you are working on a, a bigger project, um, you don't get to take time to to do those things. Um, and that's a big part of uh, a lot of things um, that a lot of florists talk about is self-care during wedding season um, because your hands hurt, your back hurts, your neck hurts, your feet hurt. And so really taking care of yourself during those times um, is, is a big deal. Like drinking good whiskey. Yes. Not bad of whiskey. Of course. <laughs> Always good whiskey. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, the other thing too, is you have to have the right support system. I mean, I know you're super close with your mom and mm-hmm. stepdad and, and Brian is a really great husband and your kids are amazing, but like, this would be a hard gig. I mean, think about it. I'm th- I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people, but like when it's crunch time, like I, I had a nurse on yesterday, you know, you're on. And, you know, then you got family life and then life happens and your son gets hurt or he's got to go to football or whatever. But like you have to have the right support system around you, I think, to be successful. I I couldn't do what I do without my people. it's, It's just you have to have exactly what you said. You have to have a support team. Um, and I'm very blessed with the people that I'm surrounded with. Um, I. I think that, you know, the big project that I did last year. Yeah. I I didn't know how much you wanted to get into that, but I mean, let me set it up. And if you do, if you don't, that's cool. But like some, you know, like in a lot of, I always think like I'm a sports guy. So like in a lot of companies, you know, we're all selling something, a product or a service ourselves, whatever. But like, you know, like in my job, I have to hit a lot of singles, um, meaning I need to do a lot of loans to make money. Um, It's a volume game. Like, you know, some people think of a florist as maybe it's just a lot of volume to do really well, but then like that experience that you just brought up, which you can elaborate on, sometimes you hit a home run, like you get a really cool opportunity that is a big deal. 
Um, so I guess my question is if you want to talk about that or not, but it's not always just little bouquets, one-off deals. Like it could be a wedding that has a ton of bouquets or it could be, you know, a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, very surprised that I was able to get that opportunity and very excited and very nervous, uh, when I got that first phone call and kind of why I wanted to I'm talking about specifically the support that, you know, we all need regardless of what we do as a profession, but as a uh, person that I usually just am alone in my shop um, with this opportunity to do uh, the Netflix show, I, my first panic was, I can't do this alone. Like there's no way that I can do this big of a project all by myself. And, um, that was scary and thinking, okay, how do I make this happen? And who do I need to help me? Um, and you know, my family and friends are amazing and supportive, but they're not designers. And I needed, I needed other people who I could say, okay, this is the recipe for this arrangement and know that they would be able to do it without me stressing out about it. Um, and so again, with the, with the show, you know, there's moments of chaos and panic and, you know, a big windstorm happened and I had to call Brian and say, I need like 15 people here at six in the morning tomorrow so that we can move everything around it was 11 o'clock at night at that point. And our community and our friends and our family all came and helped and, you know, made it happen. And that was really awesome. Would you do another one of those gigs or is that, was it too much? Tomorrow. Like, absolutely. I had so much fun and yes, it was stressful, but it also, um, it also made me feel like I was growing and I was doing something that I didn't, at first have the confidence in myself to do it. And um, I think that when you're faced with an opportunity to do something that makes you scared, once you get on the other side of that is such a good feeling. Like, yeah, I did that. And I, I made that happen. And look, I, I can, I can do that, which was really cool. Yeah, no, I think fear gets in a lot of way in in a way a lot um i yeah. mean i i can relate it it's it slowed me down but mm -hmm. sometimes the uh the reality of not trying is worse than the fear of failing it's yep. it's like for me i'd rather not have the regret of not trying versus falling on my face um as far as the industry like okay so you've you've explained it what you do but like are there different levels of like getting into the flower business. I mean, like I'm thinking, okay, designer, you can run your own business. You can be a wholesaler. Um, you can, I mean, I'm guessing there's a industry behind the seeds, you know, yep. cultivate. You can grow flowers. There's all, all different aspects of it. And if you, um, like me, I don't own a brick and mortar flower shop. I just, I have a home-based floral shop. So those are two big different than, um, you know, venues or 
things realities. In itself, realities in itself. Yeah. Um, yes, you can, you can grow flowers. You can, um, help in the business aspect of a flower shop. Like maybe you're not a super creative person, but you love the, the idea of being around flowers and, you know, being in that type of a work environment. Cause it is, it, it's fun, you know, but, um, I would say a good thing for someone who is kind of interested in the field is go and find a flower shop that's close by you. And like I did go introduce yourself and just say, Hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking that I might want to learn a little bit more about your profession. And, you know, if somebody came to me with that question, I would love to show them the reality of, of being a florist. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because like, okay, so maybe somebody's watching this and like, oh, this is stressful and maybe they don't like stress, but like there's different ways to enter in the game. And like what I've noticed a lot of my uh, podcast uh, guests who own their business, you know, everybody thinks they want to be the boss and run their own show and they think there's more income and sometimes there is, but a lot of times the bosses are the last ones to eat, you know, especially if you have a company or people underneath you. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, there's, it's good to think about, you might love the flower business, but you might hate being a flower owner. Maybe you'd be really happy and, you know, just doing a design, being a designer yeah. in a flower. So there's different areas. Is there anything, um, like, let's just say X man came out of college and wanted to be the flower guy, the king of, you know, the Pacific Northwest. Like, is there any words of caution that you would throw at somebody that thinks they're gung ho about getting into the business? They want to own their own shop. Like, what would you tell them not to push them away, but just to say, make sure they're super clear on what they're getting themselves into. Um, just the amount of, just the amount of work that it takes. Um, and if you're not willing to be up all hours of the night sometimes and working, you know, hours and hours on proposals and um, going out and meeting uh, venue owners or, you know, owners of, um, restaurants or, you know, wherever, if you wanted to do like a weekly, uh, arrangement, let's say at a business. So I think that, um, communication is really important and being able to present what's in your mind to someone else that has something, you know, a vision in their mind and being able to com communicate that and also the real, the reality and the realistic expectations. Yeah. And also being like listening. Cause like you have a creative talent, like a chef or a photographer or whatever. And, but sometimes it's not about you. It's like, you have an idea, you have a, uh, an opinion, but sometimes a client might really want, a look that you don't agree with. So I, I think that the thing about that's coming out right now is even having a creative talent and interest in flowers, you mm -hmm. also have to be, you have to sell yourself. So like if I'm hiring you and you are working out of your home, like I'm wondering, okay, can you, are, is this going to be a disaster? Can you deliver? And like, do I trust you? And do you, are, do you feel credible? And are you, you know, so you have to, 
have the social skills too, I think, to sell yes. yourself because like the reality TV show that you were involved with, I mean, they probably had a lot of options and they chose you. And I'm sure a lot of them, the people were good at design, but maybe it came down to you and the likability and uh, just your personality. Yeah, I, that's a that's a huge part of it is, and you're right, you are selling yourself and because they have plenty of options, right? So they can see my work. Um, and, you know, I try to just get to know them on a personal level uh, before we do proposal and, and all of that. So in my phone calls with them, you know, I just kind of sit and chat and get to know them a little bit. And then we go into um, what they want and what they're looking for. The other thing that about you that I think is interesting for the audience is, okay, so you have two jobs and you're working hard. So you have one job and I'm sure you're very good at it, um, but it's paying, it's helping pay the bills and providing yep. for the family, but it's also, and then you do your, your passion job. So I think it's good for people to realize that Sometimes you might not just jump into your passion. You might have to do something else that gives you the freedom to pursue your passion. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of young people I mean, in the perfect world, you jump right into your passion, which is a question I'm going to have here in a second for you. But sometimes you have to pay your dues and, you know, maybe eventually things take off and you have one job and it's all about flowers. I don't know what your future is or what you want to do, but I think that's really important for people to see. If you were to go back in time, uh, you grew up, is it, you didn't grow up with Brian, did you? Or did you go to high school in Leavenworth? It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've known Brian since I was like eight years old. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And then what did you do after high school in Leavenworth? Um, I, I actually moved um, from Leavenworth and lived in Wenatchee for a little bit. I uh, worked at a clothing store. Um, I worked at Quiznos. I graduated when I was 17. So um, at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And it was just taking a job that, you know, I could get and make money. I've, I've lived on my own since I was 16. Um, and so I needed to have a job and I needed to have money. And then um, we moved. I moved over with Brian in Ellensburg for a little bit. And then um, once we moved down to Vegas, you know, life threw us a curveball and we had Damien and um, I worked for my mom. Cool. And yeah. so I, you know, survival, right? You had to get a job. You had to survive, pay the bills, take care of yourself. But like, can you give any advice like to say a younger uh, woman or a girl in high school or whatever, like, I understand the reality of, of surviving and getting a job and maybe doing whatever you got to do, but also in terms of trying to explore what's innate inside you and, and trying to kind of like choose a profession more strategically that's geared around who you are and a profession that you would enjoy and love and be good at any advice you would give to somebody kind of struggling, or maybe is in a situation that they're, working at Quiznos or somewhere else and they but they have a dream of doing something like you, but they feel stuck. I would say 
do your research. Um, and things like this are really helpful because you can actually listen to and learn from somebody who's done something that you, you might be interested in. And, um, so I, I think this is really awesome. Um, you know, look into it. The resources that we have now are amazing and, um, find something that, and this is what I tell my boys, um, find something that you are passionate about that, you know, every day is not going to be perfect and it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows every day. But if you can find something that you're passionate about and you get to go to work and enjoy what you do and make money like that, that's the dream, right? Um, I would say do a pro and con list, you know, like this is what I don't like about what I'm doing right now. And what would it be that I could, what do I like to do? And then kind of narrow that down and, and what, what job or what profession fits some of those, you know, boxes. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, the obvious stuff that's right in front of your face, like how is Dirk different than Brian or different than whatever? Like, I don't think people think that way when, when it comes time to choosing a career. Like, I don't think people think about how I'm different. I mean, some do, some know exactly what, you know, they want to get right into something super unique, but I, I think when you, you know, you write down the list of what you like, but you also got to understand that it's hard to run a race that you really don't want to win. So when you are into what you do, like I see people all the time that just separate themselves from the pack and it's not about money or fame or anything like that, but it's just about when you are genuinely enthusiastic about what you're doing, um, you can't yeah. fake it. And I, no. I, I see people faking it. And that's what the whole genius zone is about. It's not about being the best in the world at what you do. It's just about sinking into who you are and leveraging that in a career. So I see you doing that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. And I don't really know anybody in your business. And I just think it's a, it's a cool niche. And I know it's not easy, but uh, I think you shared a lot of really good information about it. If you, uh, one of the other questions I was going to ask is if you could just like, maybe you can't be in the flower business. Is there a dream job? Just, I mean, I like to ask this question so the audience can get to know somebody and sometimes they're surprised, but is there something that you would love to do that like is a fantasy land type career um, that, you know, if you couldn't be in the flower business? Um, hmm, that's a really good question. I have always been interested in horticulture and, um, I mean, of course that, you know, goes back to plants, but maybe learning a little bit more environmentally about, um, plants and how we can use them for our benefit. I love um, medicinal plants and learning how to use those in our daily lives and how they can benefit us. Um, I have books and books and books on those, on that subject. Have I ever really dove into that as much as I've wanted to? No, but I would love to be able to have more knowledge in that, um, aspect. 
I don't know how I would use that as a profession, maybe make people tinctures or, you know, whatever. Um, but that's always been something that I've been really interested in. So I, I don't know, like, this is a subject that I'm actually really, and I have a guest that I, I'm going to be bringing on. So like, I'm really interested in medicine journeys. And are we, are we talking the same language or are you talking something about more like health and wellness? Uh, both. Okay. So like this person does ayahuasca journeys for people and MDMA journeys. And, and I I think it's a really interesting career uh, where they help people. Like they, they allow them to put their ego in the corner and just get really real. And I know with PTSD and, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating area that I'm interested in as well. And what's fascinating about it is like ayahuasca is uh, you know, it's two plants that are, I think, like a thousand miles away from each other. But when you combine them, it creates this um, potion or whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm. like, I-, I wonder, like, how the heck did they, you know, how did they figure that out? That's crazy to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm blown away by it. There's a great Netflix on the different uh, there's modalities and different medicines, people, peyote and whatever. And it's Mushrooms, I, I, all of that. Yeah, I find it really fascinating. Um, uh, anything that you feel compelled to say before we wrap this up, like on the tip of your tongue, as far as, again, this is advice. This is offering um, advice to hopefully help people choose better lives in their careers. Is there anything that I didn't ask or that you feel compelled to say? Um, I would just say I really understand it. choosing what you want to do for the rest of your life that's a, that's a scary thing. Um, you know, Damien's leaving for college here in the next few months. And, um, he's like, how do I, as a 17 year old pick what I want to do? I like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to be an adult yet. How am I supposed to choose what I want to do for the rest of my life? And I think that it's a really important thing, especially for, for young people to, understand it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be a lifetime thing, right? Like I'm almost 40 and, um, you know, I haven't been doing this my whole life. I didn't know when I was 17 that I wanted to be a florist, but I think that as we learn about ourselves and, um, we understand what we are passionate about and what we're good at, and what we enjoy that can always morph into something else. Like I, I never really thought that I would have my own flower shop and I would be working, you know, two full-time jobs and, um, doing what I'm doing right now. But I think that the doors are opened for us and we have a guide. And, um, if you do put your heart and soul into something, good things are going to happen. And, um, it's okay to not, it's okay to not know what, what that might be. And I don't know, you know, what this journey is going to leave me on in the next couple of years, but, um, I, I love what I do. And, um, I think that that passion shows as well to people that see, you know, what you do. And so just, just ride just write it out and see, you know, where it takes you. Yeah. I think, you know, that's interesting. Cause a lot of times I'm thinking about this podcast is going to help make the decision, but I think what you bring up is important because not everybody's going to know. 
um, it's like dating. You not sometimes it might take a few dates to figure out who you like to be with. Yeah. So, but but pay attention to who you are and what makes you unique. Right. And if you're if you're a total introvert and you get uncomfortable around people, probably shouldn't is, go into sales or yeah. whatever a people business. So just right. be st strategic about it. And you know, your husband always gives me crap because I'm a big meditator and I've been doing that for a long time now. And you know, when you can get getting a little deep, but when you get out of your head and in your heart and you slow down your brainwave frequency and it allows you to like, and when you, when you think about, you know, my advice too would be is to manifest and really, you know, create that vision of the future and let your body feel the emotion of it, whether it's happened or not. And I'm a big believer in you creating your future. And I yeah. think you are too, even though your husband gives me a hard time about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, um, thank you for coming on. I really Thanks appreciate it. Me. You were great. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think this podcast really helped people understand your career and the flower business a lot better. Awesome. Thanks cool. for having me. Thank you.